and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week, we're discussing the third studio album from the Austin, Texas band A Giant Dog, and it's called Pile. It starts with a short instrumental intro and then the first real song, Creep. a sucker for albums that begin with a bait and switch like that whereas there's this kind of orchestral and then you hear that that choir come in and it's almost operatic yeah i said it was instrumental but i guess it's not technically instrumental because there are ah, vocals yeah (laughs) that was my impression of that first track how did it go you heard <laughs> and i i hope our audience didn't hear what few of them there are but yeah then you go from that and it's really pretentious and then it switches into this almost metal guitar kind of blast of minor chords with this high energy the grimes album did the same thing mm-hmm. and i really liked it there and i mm-hmm. think that does the same thing here it's mm-hmm. big win well and i feel like that's what they're doing with the entire album is they're taking these metal kind of 70s influences and you know i think it's worth noting that the two vocalists andrew cashin and sabrina sabrina ellis and their drummer started playing together in high school and they covered artists like ACDC and Joan Jett for their high school dances. And so I feel like what they're trying to do with this record is taking all those rock and roll cliches and then using them to make fun of the cliches themselves, both musically with all these kind of like over-the-top shredding and guitar solos and things like that, and also with the lyrics kind of draining the romanticism out of this, you know, like one-night stands and party all night and taking kind of a real world view of it of like actually that's not so fun and it doesn't usually work out so well but in a really funny knowing way yeah they're taking this aggressive music and using it to dig into this kind of consideration of the life on the margins and that sort of party all the time lifestyle where right off the bat sabrina you said as the female Mm -hmm. vocalist yeah she establishes that uh, i'm a creep you're a freak and that can take its toll. Like, that's a hard lifestyle to live. And I love how the chorus has two different endings. That there's, tenderness is not for me. I could watch you die and not feel a thing. And then watch your candle suffocate. Say that what you feel is like empathy. And it's like, oh, that's kind of denser lyrics than I was expecting. And pretty dark in not a cliche way. But actually like, oh, they've kind of lived. And maybe it's just some, some idea of like, ah, oh, it's a tough life out there. And... You kind of, you survive somehow. And I think they can still kind of celebrate that reckless abandon though. And I, I think that's what they're at least trying to do. Of course, celebrate in air quotes. And they're doing that in this next song, Sleep When Dead. Mm-hmm. 
that song a celebration, at least until then we talked about it beforehand and I disagreed with you and then you backed off on it and stole my... I'm a fun coward. (laughs) You originally called that song a celebration of the rock and roll cliches and what I liked about it is it's definitely not a celebration. It takes the cliche of... I can sleep when I'm dead, which is a really fun thing to say when you're partying at two in the morning and you don't want the party to stop. It's really fun. And then in the chorus follows with, all my friends say I look tired. I can barely hold my head and I really think I'm dying. And it's like, that's actually the real effect of taking, you know, I can sleep when I'm dead, literally. And especially, you know, these band members are in their 30s. They've been performing live around Austin for a really long time. And so they've had the experience of getting older and maintaining that lifestyle and realizing that it gets really exhausting. Yeah. Well, I guess I would say I went with air quotes on that because it wasn't pure cowardice because I think there's something to be said for the fact that this band is kind of successfully having it both ways, that the music is so straightforwardly embracing that just rock and roll kind of lifestyle and the lyrics can say yeah you there are tremendous costs to that rock and roll lifestyle and yeah you're gonna probably not live as long but you're gonna have fun and you're gonna have those great guitar solos and (laughs) maybe that's a good trade-off and so yeah i think it can be a celebration and a critique at the same time well, this band takes another look at a different, uh, uh, one of probably the most popular rock and roll cliches in the next song that we'll play, which is called Sex and Drugs. And this is the one that really grabbed me when we saw them live in Austin at South by Southwest this year. And it's also the first single off the album. enjoyed the change in sound here to maybe a little bit of a less and less of a rock and roll sound where there's certainly the fuzz guitar but also the prominent honky-tonk piano and i think it's appropriate where i think there's also kind of a change in emphasis the earlier tracks that we've listened to i feel like at least are sort of just about the sheer act of surviving to be old enough to be like wait a second i'm old now and then this is a song that's maybe starting to look backwards and trying to make sense about it you know what what was the point of all that and hey maybe i want to share my wisdom with the kids and it's there's great line i want to tell all the kids about the things that we did i can't even remember being young (laughs) yeah i think it's relevant to mention that before this album she had been uh so sabrina ellis who's the front woman her previous band split up because she and one of the other band members got divorced and so I think she's kind of in a place where she might be looking back on her life and asking questions about like oh what did it all mean yeah it's like 
almost like she accidentally survived. Like, she, you know, I, I'm too old to die young. It's like, oh, that was kind of her plan, rather, whether it be sort of an explicit choice or just sort of implicit in how way she was living her life. And now she's at this point and what was the point of it all? Mm-hmm. And you do get the sense that she's this rollicking song of it's this tremendous forward momentum, but it's about looking back and being kind of confused and unsure. I mean, we talked about, we actually, in our South by Southwest wrap-up podcast, we picked this band as one of the bands to talk about, and this is the song we picked, because it made such an impression on me when we saw them live, and, you know, it was so great to have them singing this song to an audience of mostly older people, because South by is a lot of, like, older music nerds and stuff, and critics and things, ourselves included, (laughs) and just have this song be, you know, I can't even remember being young, and I think a lot of people could identify with that, but... At the same time, her onstage presentation is just so powerful. And the fact that they have this great reputation as a live band in Austin, and in fact, that's how they got the attention of Britt Daniel of Spoon. And also because he's Spoon is with Merge Records, so that's how they got tuned into Merge Records. And this is their first record for Merge. Anyway, was this great reputation as a live band. And she's just this incredible force of nature on stage. And I don't even know that I can do her justice without visuals, but I've heard her described as a cross between Tina Turner and Iggy Pop, which I think is pretty accurate. And she came on stage in this like sequin star-spangled banner leotard and high heels and she's got red hair and she's just like coming out and kicking her legs in the air and moving around the stage and just she's got a great voice but she accompanies it with this really great tornado of energy on stage and I think you know you say she's kind of looking back and saying what is the point in the in this song but at the same time it's the presentation kind of answers the question of well the point is that it's really fun and you know (laughs) this is rock and roll and it's a great time so you know rock and roll is a great time so i think it's nice also that the song has a sequel the very next song on the album is after rock after rather sex and drugs is the next song and rock and roll to point out that all of these musicians in this band are really skilled and really tight and they've clearly been playing a ton of live shows together because they work so well together as a band and the example I was thinking of here was the drums in this song that are just so kind of they add so much they're speeding up and slowing down and doing a lot of fills and the drummer is you know really controlling the pace and the mood which you know drums are something I don't usually notice so when I do notice them it's usually because they're really terrible or really great and here they're just really great yeah I think this drummer usually knows enough not to be showing off but here in the first song on the album I think that drops to anything less than a breakneck pace 
finally gets a sense a, ch- a chance to shine and i love that this you know this the song slows down to more mid-tempo in a song called rock and roll and that or excuse me and rock and roll and that you have these two songs that sound so different but they have connected titles and i think are connected thematically where you know i read the sex and drugs as being someone looking back on that sort of misspent youth and wondering oh what was the point and then that question gets answered here because hey rock and roll matters it's important and i love that opening line to think that there might be people who care i believe in girls who believe in rock and roll and (laughs) it's a force for like letting you lose your ambition or inhibitions and just have fun and enjoy life yeah, but I actually like that they they let themselves have kind of these delusions of grandeur that it might be something more. It might be timeless art. The two vocalists kind of have this trading off of lines where they, she says, I could be Henry D. Thoreau. And he I says, I could be Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's also not because, you know, rock and roll is art and art. It, it, this might be timeless. And they're letting themselves at least imagine that that might happen. And I, I do love that. I think on the album as a whole, her vocals do dominate. But I like that here they really do share the spotlight and kind of trade things back and forth. And it works so well. Yeah. And that's definitely the case in this next song that we'll play. It's called King Queen. Not every man can understand a life like mine. who's 25 years old and he would say that he's really into music but he only listens to edm and there are times when i feel like that is just kind of the way of the future is just all the kids are listening to like the electronica (laughs) and i feel like guitar rock is just kind of disappearing sometimes but then an album comes along like this where it's just is a celebration of rock and roll and this song is an example of just a straightforward, really catchy rock song. And I don't know, certainly not my favorite on the record, and I don't even quite understand what it's about, but it's just really fun to sing along to. And it's got a great beat, and it's got that piano, and the the male-female vocals, and it's short and sweet and punchy, and it's kind of what this album is all about. Yeah, I think that it's a sign of a good album. This is a long album, you know, 14 real songs, right? And that I think... This is one of the weaker songs. That's just a sign that, like, this is a really solid album. And I think there's there's some interesting stuff here. I do really like that sound, that return of the honky-tonk piano. And then fleshing with the her singing style is so kind of rollicking and mm-hmm. so suits that. And then 
having the, the male vocals just kind of in there for a harmony, making the sound so rich. And you can really tell how powerful her voice is on this song, too. Oh, yes. She's so strong. <laughs> it's really impressive. And that you think she does. She wouldn't need all those theatrics on stage, but she loves doing that also. It's mm-hmm. just a blast. And I like, though, that most they think the tracks on this album are kind of very explicitly like, oh, I'm a, a rock and roll. And, oh, I had this hard lifestyle or it's sex and drugs. And this one is definitely getting more abstract where she's talking about royalty and that could represent any number of things and you know you could think like yeah it's a celebration i'm a king i'm a queen i'm in charge and yet immediately there's just this awareness that being in charge being on top makes you a target there's this great line or it's like i cringe at the reflection of the guillotine so like as with so many of the songs here there's just that great lightness and darkness together uh, although I would say things just get straight up dark on that next track as she really digs into her own worst impulses. It's called I'll Come Crashing. One of the things that holds a lot of these songs together on this record is that they'll start out with kind of a minor key, almost menacing tone, and then they'll break out into a major key in the chorus. And I think that's a really good effect, even if they overuse it a little bit here. But I've noticed that this song is very minor key throughout and just sounds very dark and very and keeps that menace through the whole song. And I think it's a good effect and it's appropriate for a song with lines like consequences never could convince me that I should do right. And it's all about self-destruction. And there's a line that there's a kind of satisfaction that destruction brings. And that's what this song is all about. And, you know, we try not to read too much into the lyrics or assume too much about the vocalist and whether this is her personal experience or writing about herself or some character she's inhabiting or somebody she knows, it's still very, like, a more emotionally revealing than a lot of the songs that came before, and I like it for that. Yeah, I think a good artist can get in other people's heads, so I'd like to think that she maybe has a little dollop of this and then can kind of see how that plays out in other people. Or, you know, optimistic take, but, you know, it she really channels that from where, wherever the source. I did want to did want to call attention though you you mentioned that minor key and it is really dark but i think beyond that in those verses each phrase just ends with this odd interval jump and i cannot quite place it but it just feels really wrong and discordant yet somehow she's able to make it sound pretty at the same time and it's quite a trick and it gives me these flashbacks to this mid-90s art punk band Dogface Hermans that's my sort of favorite obscure band to trot out for people like oh you think you know obscure bands and that's because I'm that kind of terrible person but seriously everyone go listen to that band they're amazing and one of their many they're really good but one of their great tricks 
you almost snuck that in so I couldn't hear it. <laughs> almost. Uh, but uh, no, one I'll, of the... Tr- I'll edit it out later. <laughs> okay. This Then this part of the podcast will make a lot of sense. No, but that their female vocalist would take those sorts of weird left turns a lot and that particular interval that, again, I, my ear isn't well-trained enough to identify, but I just feel like it's an unusual trick and I have to go back to this obscure mid-90s band to think of someone who ever did it. And so it's so great to hear a giant dog doing that trick that i enjoyed so much 20 years ago and it still sounds great so thank you for bringing it back i did also want to call out though just so many great lyrics in this song i just love this line i'm going to shoot the moon and watch it fall from the sky just oh it's so yeah, great there's a lot about a lot on this record you know this is a little bit like the Win record that we reviewed last time which is you know very kind of dark subject matter and very deep emotions but story that's being told in these songs that are really raucous and energetic and that's the case with a giant dog as well is that there's a lot of kind of dark material here told in a really upbeat and exciting rock and roll style and there's a lot of death and a lot of contemplating one's death and one's mortality and that is the case in the next song too much makeup <laughs> song has such an over-the-top operatic intensity it just builds and builds until by the end we're just staring into the abyss and there's just this guitar shredding super metal it, it's kind of over the top but it's it's great too and this record has started out and covered a lot of territory of making fun of rock and roll cliches and this song sort of pulls it back and makes fun of you know, the scriptedness of life as a cliche. And there's this idea that, you know, there's a manual and you get married and you follow, you know, move to the suburbs and follow the plan. And it's all just so that you can have too much makeup put on you and a nice dress and you're put in a casket and you rot and you turn into compost and sort of just making fun of like the pointlessness of a scripted life. And I really like that. Yeah. Existentialism is very, very rock and roll here. And I do want to point out this song there's not a lot of variation in structure on these song on this entire album. And this one, it's usually just first chorus, first chorus, maybe a bridge. Here, there's kind of this verse, little pause, verse, pause, verse, pause, and then the chorus. And that does such a good job, I think. I talked about that building in of intensity, and that really works there. But I kind of like that so many of the artists we talk about try to mess with song structures. And these guys are able to be very creative while 
working within those traditional rock song structures. So we go from a song about cliches about scripted lives and death to another song about a cliche, this one about being infatuated with someone. It's the penultimate track, and it features Britt Daniel from Spoon as an additional vocalist, and it's called Get With You and Get High. Was that good to you? I can't remember it. Costumes and the pills helped a little bit. All I want to do is get with you and get high. Got a pretty map of your father's house tattooed on my back. Trace it with your mouth. All I want to do is get with you and get This track is sonically so different from the rest of the album, but I think it, by being so different, it serves to kind of call everything into relief. We've had these various songs about being, you know, misspent youth and how that ends up just leading to all sorts of problems and then eventual death in various forms. But I like that the song then kind of harkens back. You get the sense that these two people are young. They don't really have any sense of the consequences that await them for the lifestyle they're having. And there's this kind of sweet innocence to just getting high with someone and having a good time no cares in the world but the darkness is lurking you hear these little screeches around the edges of the songs here and that's the entire album is that there's this just sense of joy for life but darkness lurks around every corner and it's ends up being so much richer than it's on sounds on first listen there's just a it's just a great album <laughs> And that, that is the message that is really hammered home with the last song, which we'll go out with. And it's a great way to end the record. And it's called Failing in Love. This has been For the Record. We've been discussing Pile by a Giant Dog. Thanks for listening. You can't tell by the way that I